Hello there, welcome to another episode of the De-Stress Yourself podcast. I hope you're well. Uh, If you're feeling a bit stressed, then this is the place to be. So last week's episode was a little little darker, we could say. Um, I just wanted to give my kind of honest, um, honest story about my experience with darker thoughts. So in this episode, naturally, I wanted to revisit a topic that I've spoke about a few times on the podcast, and that is grief. So I'm going to be speaking to an expert who... Well, she she um, specialises in grief in her counselling and therapy. So Joanna has her own sort of um, methods that she uses with her clients. And I just really wanted her to talk through those methods that she goes through and just give us some little bite-sized advice on what we can do if we're going through that. Grief is something that we all experience at one time in our life. You kind of can't escape grief. And grief is definitely one of the things that can really disrupt your life. It can roll into depression. It can be quite isolating. It can be quite lonely. So grief is not just grieving, you know, the loss of a person. That is a big part of grief. But grief can be anything. Grief can be not grief can be your future not going the way that you thought it was going to so you could be grieving a life you thought that you'd live grief could be a friendship ending grief could be anything like something going wrong with your appearance or uh, maybe a failure that you've had and it's it's the loss of something so it's it's losing something whether that's a life you thought you'd have a friendship a you know obviously a a relationship I think that people grieve relationships and as you'll hear me say in this chat I think that relationship grieving is very undermined and it can be really painful it can be one of the worst experiences of grief to go through because it might even be that you're grieving a friendship group that you've lost and again like I've said a life that you thought that you'd live that's now kind of fallen from your feet that's really tough to go through and I just want to say before I get into this chat that if you're going through any kind of grief right now and if that is a relationship kind of grief don't be too harsh on yourself remember that not everyone is totally okay after a breakup after one week and the whole post glow up post breakup glow up that you see on Instagram where people are like yeah living my best life I love seeing that but I don't always fully believe it I take it with a pinch of salt and I just think that sometimes you need time to lean into that grief and to lean into the sadness because it's something that we can't escape we go through this in life the worst thing you can do as I always say is just kind of push those feelings down Sometimes we just need to sit on the couch, have a good old ugly cry and eat some ice cream. Okay, so let's get into today's episode and my lovely guest. And I think it's recording. So welcome to the podcast. How are you? Thank you very much. I'm okay. I'm I'm slightly nervous. I'm slightly out of my comfort zone. I haven't done anything like this before, so bear with me but you know, I think I've, yeah. you know anything I can I can offer that's of help I'm I'm very glad to offer that well we were just saying before we started recording we were just saying that you're a bit nervous and I was like do you know what I'm kind of glad and please talk about this because this is literally what this podcast is all about really 
fight or flight we all go through it and I can feel myself actually just about a minute before it started I sort of got those old familiar feelings of fight and flight Mm. kicking in so I'm just sort of taking time to to ground myself calming that parasympathetic Mm. nervous response and just taking some deep breaths making sure my feet are on the floor Mm. yeah I was actually going to say so seeing as we're talking about this mm. what what type of things do you do then so right now whilst you're feeling that fight or flight what what are the things that you do to try and control that that's there's been some really interesting work in terms of our parasympathetic nervous system and I mm. think it, it kind of all started with um Bessel van der Kolk and his book I can't remember when yeah. it was released but it was it's called the body keeps the score and it's the idea that our our nervous system, the system that runs along our spine, is responsible for telling us when we are in danger and it picks up signals from the situations that we're in, the communications that we're in, and actually when we're feeling danger in our bodies. So what we can do, we've, we've got three levels. We, you know, we start off, you know, we're feeling okay and, you know, that's okay. But then we actually, if we, we start to feel like we're in danger, we move up into fight and flight. And what we can do to calm that is just to really focus on our breathing just in for four hold for four and out for eight and there's no magic number as long as the exhalation is longer than the inhalation then that's that's a really good way of calming ourselves down um if we can't get ourselves out of fight and flight unfortunately we we have a tendency to move up into what we call a freeze or a mobilization state so i'm not quite there yet (laughs) oh gosh i'll I'll keep an eye on you (laughs) i'm bringing myself down but uh you know anything is that where you pass out or is that where you'd like be sick or or faint or something like that is that when it gets to that level quite possibly yeah absolutely Mm. as well I'm thinking of dissociation you know any um I'm thinking of clients who for any reason may have experienced trauma and they aren't able to get themselves you know the fight and flight response is a a normal response you know it's getting us ready to fight or it's getting us ready to run away if we can't then do that then the body as a safety mechanism shuts down and quite often I hear from clients you know there's there can be a a lot of grief when they've suffered a trauma they go why didn't I fight back why didn't because the body has its own way of of shutting you down and, and it's a safety mechanism and really if we find ourselves up there you know anything that we can do to to generate movement or to generate connection anything like that can help to bring us down so there's some really good things about that about recognizing where we are in terms of our parasympathetic nervous system but I'm no expert on that I'm no expert but it's it's really helped me into there's loads and loads of good good resources out there so for anyone that's experiencing those or has trouble staying sort of keeping themselves calm there's, there's some really good resources out there that's really interesting and I'm so so glad that we've actually started this chat on this because I talk about this all the time I suffer really badly with anxiety and panic attacks so I've wanted some little bite-sized like expert advice on that so thank you um but I tell you what I've not even introduced you so (laughs) do you want do you want to just tell us a bit about yourself and some of the amazing work you do and what you do specialize in Okay, well, my my name's Joanna Harris, and I'm really glad to be here. I am a BACP registered into integrative. That never gets any easier to say over over the years. <laughs> I'm doing it. I'm an integrative oh, therapist, and what that means in in brass tanks really is that I work with a range of different modalities in terms of counselling. I I don't stick to just one. I'm not purist. I am. I use a combination of humanistic therapy I use uh, psychodynamic 
attachment therapy and also cognitive behavioral therapy as well really it's it's so that I, it allows me the freedom to be able to tailor the therapy to the client rather than trying to fit the client to the therapy. Yeah. And it works really well. I've been doing that for about three years. Um, about a year ago, I my, my interest really lays in working with grief and bereavement. So about a year ago, I started up uh, my private practice, which is called Healing After Loss. And that's, that's been going for about a year. And that's, it's something that's really dear to my heart is working with grief and so anything that I can I can do to answer any questions about the grief process, I'll be very, very happy to do. Yeah, and that is exactly what I wanted you to get on this podcast for, because, I mean, this is something that I've wanted to do an episode on. And it's it's a tricky one, grief, isn't it? Because I've been really scared about giving any wrong advice, because obviously dealing with grief is so different for everyone, isn't it? It's It's not a one size fits all approach. So I guess to start off, could you kind of just like, what is the definition of grief? The definition of grief, I think we have we have an idea that it's it's linked to death, that grief is a response to any kind of bereavement. It's not grief is about loss at its heart. It's it's the process that we go through when we are detaching from anything that really meant something to us. And we can grieve all as you say, we can grieve so many different things. We can grieve yeah. We can grieve the loss of a job that we love. We can mm. we can grieve a friendship oh, that, that yeah, absolutely. Or, or uh, maybe, lost... maybe your appearance is different, and you're grieving that life you thought you'd have. Yeah, illness, and and absolutely, certainly, mm. we can we can grieve the loss of a relationship as well. Anywhere where there is any kind of loss, we we may experience grief. Yeah, and it's completely subjective. What one person may feel, another person won't. So I'm, I'm really, I, I'd really like to stress that there's no right or wrong way to feel. But some common things that you might feel, you might feel, you might feel really, you know, there's a lot of sadness. There's, a, there can be anger. There can be guilt. And grief, is, as well, is a whole body experience. You know that we can, we can also experience bodily symptoms. You know, mm. lack of sleep or lack of appetite, and it's. It can be it can be yeah. a wide range of different things that we feel, but it's it's as a result of a of a loss that we've we've experienced. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Um, because like we we spoke over emails before this mm. chat, and I was saying to you, do you know what? It's not just like losing. Obviously, losing a loved one is a terrible form of grief. But I mean, I've experienced loads of grief from you know lack of relationships, like relationships ending, whether that's mm. friendship boyfriends you know being dumped is one of the worst things that you go through and I think it is it's kind of um not not underestimate that's not the right word but I, I feel like in my experience anyway people don't take serious how damaging it actually can be to go through that and you know for a young age as well so this was something that I wanted to kind of start with when when talking about grief I mean, do you have like, do you have clients that talk to you about this sort of grief? And what would be your sort of advice for anyone going through that sort of loss? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you, you're completely right. I think this type of grief, and, and I'll, I'll stay with the loss of a relationship. Mm. I think it can be really disregarded. You know, we can yeah. we can hear all the unhelpful things, you know, like you'll get over it, just give it mm. time and plenty more fish in the sea. But actually, you know, as well as the major loss of a relationship, we can also have secondary losses as well. I'm thinking in terms of, you know, perhaps with with a divorce, you might you might be 
looking at losing your home or you might be looking at shared friendships you know suddenly they're lost so there's an incredible amount of loss that can be attached to a relationship loss and absolutely I've I've had clients that come in and you know they are really grieving the loss of a a relationship I think there's even a term for it I think is uh, disenfranchised disenfranchised grief is a great yeah it's it's a type of grief so even I I guess really you know just to sort of normalize anyone that might be experiencing that and feeling like it's not taken seriously we take it seriously from this you know from this end you know from a a counseling point of view we take that loss very you know we take it seriously Mm, there is that's amazing that yeah yeah it's 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 important to have somebody that that listens mm. to you because like you said it is really disregarded and all these phrases that get thrown at you like oh but you're single like you should be loving life Mm. or plenty more out there and it's such a hard lonely thing to go through isn't it and your appetite goes and you know people you hear about this like post breakup glow up and it's like, no, Mm. the reason that you think that is because they haven't been able to eat for two weeks. So I wouldn't call that a glow up really. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's an incredibly difficult thing. Mm. So it's, it's hardly surprising that a breakup will have because of, you know, not only, and, and, you know, although someone hasn't died, that relationship has died. And that can be really, really hard. You know, not only has the relationship died, but also your hopes and your dreams for the future, that's all gone as well. Mm, that's a huge yeah. loss. And then coupled in with any kind of secondary losses, you know, losses. Mm, like friends, friendship groups. Because sometimes, like, you know, when you go for a breakup, it's almost like you might have been the glue holding together this big mm. friendship group that then that's kind of over. And then people think it's your fault. And there's so many other things going on around breakups isn't there it's not just the loss of that one person it's that whole life so I guess what what are usually your sort of advice for like people going through divorce what are the little steps that they can take to feel you know like they're getting their life back on track or just to feel human again I would say I would say time I would say Mm. allow yourself the time to process what's going on. Allow yourself to feel that grief. You know, you might feel a whole, as we say, you know, it's, it's so completely subjective and you might feel a wide range of emotions, but as long as, you know, the, Grief is a, is, is a very normal and very natural process that comes as a result of a loss. As long as we're not pushing too much against that, then the body will generally tend to know what to do. So allow yourself the time to accept the loss. Allow yourself the time to grieve that loss. You know, if you you might want to get creative with that, you know, you might want to keep a journal or, you know, art or music or anything, anything that yeah. really allows you to get in touch with what it is that you're feeling. But also... I think it can be really helpful. We think of grief in, I'm thinking in terms of what we call the dual process model. It's, it's a model that we tend to work with in grief, which is, I, I wish I had an, an image of it to show you, but if, if I did, you would see there was, there's two sides. There's the the loss adjustment. And in that we have, on one side, we've got the loss, loss adjustment, which is the grief and coming to terms with the loss. And that's where a lot of the sadness is, but also on the other side, because we need both we have the restoration Mm. side of things where we you know we need to get out we need to rebuild our lives 
And we tend to move between the two. And that's very normal. It's, it's very natural. So I would say on one hand, you know, absolutely allow yourself to grieve, allow yourself to get in touch with those emotions. Yeah. But also, you know, schedule some time, you know, be with people, be with friends, do some things that you really, really enjoy. And most importantly, look after yourself, you know, really look after yourself. Make sure it can be really hard because when we're grieving, sleep and appetite are, you know, quite often thrown out the window as much as you can try to make sure that you're getting enough rest and and try to make sure that you get I'm, I'm thinking about the, those chemicals in the brain sort of serotonin and oxytocin, all those those feel good feel good emotions you know all those feel good hormones getting out in fresh air getting some exercise if you're a couch potato like me you know you don't fancy <laughs> exercise, you know, just <laughs> watch something funny you know because it, it will it will raise that serotonin level as well you know as well as exercise but anything that you can do to just really look after yourself I think can be that can be really 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 powerful so do you think that leaning into the sadness can actually be healthy so things like mm. if you want to go sit in the shower and cry and listen to Adele on full blast, sit on the couch at night, watch a chick flick, eat a whole tub of Ben and Jerry's. Do you think that's okay? If that's like one night and you need that, do you think that's yeah. okay to do? Because you do make yourself feel guilty, don't you, when you do stuff like that? Absolutely. You know, and if anyone watching this can take any kind of consolation out of the fact that, you know, that's how we, absolutely. You know, when I work with, and actually, strangely enough, and this is going to sound very, very strange coming from a grief counsellor. Most people don't need grief counselling. We are very good at, because uh, grief is a natural process. It's, it's a very natural process. It's, it's something that we go through. And perhaps we don't always, you know, we don't always need that professional support. We can, we can navigate grief. Most people can navigate grief very well on their own. It's their own process. And absolutely, I would say, recognize what it is that you need in that moment. If you feel that you want to sit on the sofa and, you know, really lean into that grief, really feel those emotions, then great. Yeah. Where it becomes an issue is if you were doing that all the time and it was becoming prolonged and what we call ruminating, if you're getting into a stage of yeah. rumination. Yeah, and you that's can't get out of it. Absolutely. And that's when in counseling we might start trying to encourage you, you know, reference that that um dual process again we might try and yeah. encourage you more towards the restoration side mm. we might try and encourage you i'm thinking in terms of cbt sort of like behavior we might give you homework in terms of behavioral um keeping like behavior yeah trying because like pushing the, yourself yeah i mean leaning yeah. into the grief is great but ultimately if we are consistently doing nothing if we're in a, a place of stuckness then that's going to make us feel worse yeah it's not it's healthy about, is it yeah it's going to be about encouraging you to do things that you enjoy finding meaningful activities equally on the other side you know i have worked with people that just aren't able to deal with the emotions of grief and they are firmly stuck on the restoration side you know they want to get on with their life they don't want to talk about it they don't want to feel it and that's when we might try to encourage them more over to dealing with the loss you know talking about the loss letting them process mm. those emotions so what we're always doing is is recognizing where a client is and making sure we're keeping an eye on whether there's movement between the two yeah so I guess um what what I wanted to talk about as well is so the reason I wanted to do a grief episode is I guess just following the pandemic and so I've done a few episodes recently on suicide so it was suicide awareness day um last last month or last week 
And so I guess what I wanted to ask you about is, do you think there's different types of grief? So I know that there was one day over the summer, which was one of the lockdowns, and you didn't hear about it in the news. But it was like there was one month where the suicide rates were actually higher than the COVID rates. So I just wondered, like, do you think there's a different type of grief that you can go through? And do you think some of some grief that people go through, they maybe blame themselves? And then that's a whole other mm. side of grief that you can experience. I think grief can be so, you know, we can, there are so many different types of grief. You know, we've, we've got, as I said earlier before, you know, we've got disenfranchised grief and, and grief through suicide is, is unlike a grief at any, the amount of complications and the amount of different emotions that, that opens up is something just, it, it's huge. You know, mm. really, really and I suppose huge. it's really unique to the situation, isn't it? Absolutely. You know, grief is, you know, grief is as unique as the person that's experiencing it because the situation and the loss is completely unique. And absolutely, you know, there can be varying different degrees of loss, you know, varying different degrees of, of grief. Absolutely. And in terms of the COVID pandemic, you know, it's, it's been two years, two years of, of living with with trauma, with loss and, you know, loss in not just, I'm, I'm not just thinking, you know, sadly about the people that have lost their lives, but a, a loss of our, our freedoms and a loss our of our life. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. There's been a huge amount of change and, and what that's, you know, in terms of what that's done to us psychologically, you know, perhaps we won't, we won't know for, for a good few many years. I'm thinking in terms of funerals as well, you know, there's been a huge amount of complicated grief around, people not being able to say goodbye, people not having to, not being able to be present at funerals or not being able to touch at funerals. And that's, yeah. that's incredible. It's not giving us closure, is it? It's kind Absolutely. of like leaving us confused because we yeah. can't have closure. So I've spoken to many clients who've, who've lost someone that they've loved really dearly and, and then had to watch the funeral via a live stream. Mm. And, and that's it's just not it's not enough is it it's not the yeah same. we need those rituals we need those we need those we need people we need people around us and they've been we've been very separated for a very long time and that of course complicates things any further you know grief is incredibly painful grief during the covid pandemic is, is something else entirely it's yeah, I really do feel for anyone who's lost someone through the pandemic because mm. it's just something that we never could have predicted this, could we? And it's just the most bizarre thing ever. And I feel like I got to the point where I was just sick of even talking about it. But now mm. I've got to the point where I'm like, hold on, can we all just pause a second and look at what the hell has just happened? Mm. Like, this is insane. It happened across the world and we've lost like a huge chunk of the mm. population. It's just insane, isn't it? Um, yeah, like you say, we're probably all going through a certain type of grief now about normal life. I know that I, I keep hearing this word languishing being thrown around at the minute. And I've done like a bit of research into that. And it's this new thing we're all feeling where we're kind of, we've been in fight or flight for so long. People have been grieving for loved ones. And now it's got to the point where we're like, what, what now? Like what next? What happens now? Like where's normal life? Do you think a lot of us are grieving that? Uh, like, do you think it's quite common now that people are starting to grieve like normal life because we're a bit unsure if that's ever going to come back? I think so. In terms of of normal life, 
will it ever come back? You know, are we getting, are we getting past the, and and I'm not the biggest fan of of the stages of grief. You know, I think people have this idea, the stages of grief that the Kubler-Ross model was, was originally written about um, patients in hospital coming to terms with, with terminal illness. So and and somehow it's been sort of absorbed into the um stages yeah I was going to ask you about this actually because you always see on like cartoons or films where they have the stages and then it's like anger sadness resentment Mm. they they have is that not like quite accurate then I, I can only go with my experience I I've I've in in terms of the Kubler Ross model I I it was originally written for for patients that were coming to terms with terminal illness and somehow it's got absorbed into the the collective consciousness that this is something to do that this is how we grieve I don't see any set stages for grief those feelings of I'm thinking anger I'm thinking of depression I'm thinking of denial do I see those in grief yeah absolutely do I see them in set stages like that people move through and then right next no I don't I it's it's grief isn't linear mm. and, yeah that's and I really think we quite like that. the idea of acceptance being at the end that there's going to be some kind of end point where we can we can put it away we can pack it away and we we've moved on and I do hear that a lot with people in grief and they go well when is this going to end and and it's about managing expectations we may always grieve that person, you know, particularly if we really love them or, or the relationship mm. was incredibly important to us. There might always be a sadness about that. Mm. But so it's learning will, how to live with it. Yeah, but we will get to a point where we're able to integrate that. So it's not yeah. so painful that we can, we can, we grow around grief to, uh, to coin, yeah. coin the phrase. So what's usually your advice for, for someone who's saying like, when is this going to end? What would be your advice for like, you know, you're going to have to learn to kind of live with this and mm. be a new it's, person with this? It's not the most reassuring advice, is it? No, it's not. <laughs> but what people want to hear, it's never going away. Not what you want to hear. But yeah, for, I, absolutely. You know, and there's nothing reassuring about saying that. You know, perhaps there will always be an element of of sanity. You know, what we're talking about is like we we, we grieve things that I'm thinking with grief. We it's the price that we pay for love. Mm-hmm. You know, and we grieve because yeah. it mattered to us. And although it will be very painful, I love the um, the Lois Tonkin um, theory of growing around grief and. And it's the idea that, you know, our grief starts out huge and then it gets smaller and smaller over time. Actually, what tends to happen is the grief stays the same size, but we grow around it. Our lives grow around it through new experiences and and that rebuilding our lives, that re, the, the constructive side, you know, the rebuilding side of grief, we're able to so that it feels less painful. It will it will eventually feel less painful, but certainly on birthdays or anniversaries or or any kind of significant significant date, that there may still be those feelings of sadness. But that's okay. Mm. We'll yeah, it's like you have triggers, don't you? It's like when you if you hear a certain song, and it'll come back to you. Mm. It's like you'll always sort of have that, won't you? Yeah. Do you know yeah. why that happens? I've always wondered that. Like, I don't know if this is a bit too much like detail, <laughs> but I've always wondered like when you do see something or. So I'm quite like, not in a weird way, but I am a little bit spiritual. So I I went through a type of loss when I was in when I was a teenager, 
and uh, we lost um, a baby in the family. It was a we, it was a stillborn. And one of the songs that used to, so I used to play one of the songs around that sort of time that used to just, you know, when you, when you, like we said, when you need to lean into the sadness. Mm. And I will always have like every year when it comes to the day and like, you know, like we've said, it is something that never goes away. So this is 10 years on now. And I still, around that time, I still get a little bit sad around mm. that sort of month. And I will always hear that song on the day of the anniversary I'll always hear that, that song somewhere. And I'm like, I, I'm a little bit spiritual. But do you think, mm. it, is it hard to be spiritual when when, you're, when you've studied it and you're quite an expert in that area? Like, do you, do you ever have that kind of like spiritual side of it? Am I? <laughs> I'm always incredibly, I think we all have our own ideas, you know, in terms mm. of, in terms of, I guess what we're talking about is, you know, is is death and and what might be, you know, is, is there something greater? Mm, I always, I'm always, always think about it. But yeah, absolutely. In terms of in terms of grief and and hearing that song on on the day that 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 child was lost, that's that's incredibly special. Really yeah. special. Whether it's something whether it's something, you know, spiritual or what I'm hearing is that it's important. Yes, yes. It's almost like I, I did get to the point where I thought, am I looking for this? Like when it gets mm. that time of year, am I like really keeping my ears out and am I maybe looking for it? Mm. Um, I think that's, I think with, I, th- I think like the, the whole like spiritual thing, I think that just helps a lot of people, doesn't it? Oh, and I think I- a lot of people... Mm. A lot of people, when they're going through grief, almost turn to like religion who might not have been religious before, because I'm not a very religious mm. person. But then there are certain things around grief where I can feel myself being a bit more curious. And I bet that must be quite common around grief. Absolutely. And one, one of, you know, I, I will always ask a client if I'm working with grief, you know, have you had a sense that they're around? You know, my beliefs are, you know, absolutely are unimportant. It's about the client's experience and what is important to the clients. And and actually, you know, a great deal of clients will say, you know, I smell, you know, a cigar smell or, you know, I really? felt them at the end of the bed or, you know, I could feel like oh. they, they, I could feel their presence. And that's I, I think that's that's really lovely. I think it's a really wonderful part of, of saying goodbye to someone, but actually still recognizing the love there. Yes. Yeah. And you hear about people saying like, dreams don't you and when people dream about people they think it's like a visitation dream Mm. which is it's it's actually quite creepy I always think like if I ever have like a dream of a lost one I I get a bit scared (laughs) yeah I don't like that (laughs) you know some might find it really comforting you know I I, dreams I think like I think particularly if we hmm Dreams are a funny thing because I'm, I'm thinking, I don't know how to answer that one. It's so different for everyone, isn't it? Like yeah. the opinion on that sort of thing. Because loads of people would think, oh, they visited you. It's a message. Mm. Whereas I just think, I just think it's a memory that you're thinking about. I don't, yeah. I don't think I believe in like visitation, but mm. you never know, do you? Yeah. You it, it, whatever, you know, if it helps, that's always my question. Mm. Does it help? You know, and for some, it might be incredibly comforting. For some, it might be incredibly frightening. For some, it may feel like a message. But ultimately, you know, my my question would be, does it help? 
And actually, if it isn't, you know, we, we can talk about that. You know, we can talk about that fear. We can talk about that discomfort. Mm. So I guess just to kind of wrap it up, mm. what would be your just kind of bite-sized advice today to anyone not even going through grief, just anyone feeling sad, feeling a bit lonely, feeling maybe a bit depressed? What would just be your kind of bite-sized advice? Wow. There's so much that I could go into in terms of like, I'll start with depression and and I think it's important to recognize that grief and depression they they feel and look very similar you know particularly in the early weeks of grief they can they can have a really similar feel but they are very different grief is a a natural and a normal process and and it doesn't need too much professional intervention in most cases you know in some cases it does you know when we when we're looking at prolonged grief when we see people who are either stuck in avoidance or stuck in rumination you know then perhaps it might be helpful but for the most part people don't need much professional support with grief it's a process that they go through and and as long as there's you know a bit of both you know a bit of you know getting in touch with those emotions but also rebuilding then we can kind of navigate our way through that in terms of depression if you feel that your grief might be turning into depression and one thing that i grief tends to come in waves i'm thinking about that movement between the two sides with the with the dual process it tends to come in waves Grief kind of hangs over us like a persistent and quite pervasive black cloud. If you feel that you are, if the grief is turning into depression, I'm not. I'm not medically trained in that way. But I would. I, my advice would always be to go to see your GP because they can. They can help you work out whether it's it's grief or depression and perhaps whether medication might be something that's helpful and certainly medication can help really you know if you feel that counseling is for you it's it's something that you want to explore it can work really well alongside counseling as well so we can we can approach it from both sides in terms of loneliness i think grief is a really lonely process a really lonely process i was before we came before we came on, I was thinking a lot about loneliness and what loneliness is. And I think you you sent me something and it, and it said you know about being in a room full of people but still feeling lonely. And I was thinking, wow, that's that's really. I mean, how true is that? You know, that ultimately loneliness is when our, we we experience loneliness is when our our social connections aren't meeting our needs and our needs can be very very different so we can have a hundred different friends but actually if we are grieving if we are grieving that one particular intimate connection with a person be it through bereavement or be it through a relationship loss then those 100 friends aren't, aren't going to be able to fill that particular space. So it's, I think inherently grief is a really lonely process. I would encourage people to to get out and spend as much time with people as possible. But I I, I think there has to be, you know, a certain amount of acceptance that grief is is at heart. It's, it's quite, quite really, isolating. Yeah, it can be really and I think I think it's probably really, I know we chatted before this, before we mm. recorded, and like I think it's probably quite common that a lot of people are feeling lonely. Mm. like like loneliness I think it's quite a common feeling right now isn't it yeah particularly now particularly now where we mm. we haven't been able to you know in, in in terms of anyone that's experiencing a loss that we haven't been able to get out with people we haven't been able to talk about these things you know 
before the coronavirus pandemic, you know, it was a lonely process because as well as that, as well as missing that one person, that special connection, we're also, I think, you know, I can hear, you know, what I hear a lot is, is that people don't want to share their grief with other people because they don't want to bring other people down or they may withdraw because it's hard for them to be experiencing these really strong emotions and then logging on to say Facebook or Instagram and everyone's out living their best life. Thank you, Joanna, for such great advice and for being so calming as well. Um, so, do you know those people that you meet and for some reason you just find their presence and the way that they speak is just so relaxing and comforting. I find that I could listen to Joanna speaking like, and I would fall asleep, like not that she's boring because she had such interesting advice but she just has such a relaxing lovely voice so thank you so much Joanna for joining I feel very zen right now and I feel like I'm full of tips and advice for people that might be in a bit of a difficult place right now so I hope you enjoy this episode if you did please rate and review because it helps to get the podcast out there for people who might need it and I'll see you next week (music) 